Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. This is Bernice. I hope that your January 2023 was eventful and fun and thoughtful and fruitful that you just really enjoyed it. And if not, hey, you got a free month to get it wrong or a free month to try and do what it is that you were supposed to do and you learned some things from it and you got God's revelation and come for it and now you got february right to literally step into it and possess and do all that god is calling you to do with all that you've learned in january 2023 so dust yourself off whatever it is that you are planning many of you probably had a whole agenda you know some of you probably had like you wanted to exercise every day you know uh some of you even maybe had you don't want to spend too much money at the grocery store or even some of you, you wanted to work on your marriage and things didn't really go as you planned or even at your job or even in your church, you know. Um, but remember, you are human and you just need to keep on pressing into the Lord and he will guide you and give you what you need in this February. All right. So dust yourself off. It's OK if you did not check all your boxes and dot all your eyes. Right. January is a a month where you are able to, you know, um, try to put the plan down and do it and see what you can learn from it. And February, you can run with it for the rest of the year, right? We have, what, 12 months in a year. So you have 11 more months, okay? So take a deep breath, relax. It's not the end of the world. (laughs) And know that you have more days that God has given you to be able to do all that he's called you to do, okay? So don't beat yourself up. It's okay. You learned. You're moving on. You're doing what God is calling you to do. He knows how to make a way for you. He knows how to do what it is that you cannot do. Because in your weakness, what? He is strong, right? So whatever it is that you are not able to do, uh, like I said, maybe in your marriage, um, in your home, in your family, in your health, uh, whatever it is, just rededicate it back to the Lord and ask him to help you. Okay, so happy February. Yay. It's I think it's the fourth. I don't know. Uh, But it is February, the first week of February. Um, I believe that this February is is a a month of fruit, of fruitfulness, you know, Uh, a month that God really wants to um, expose to you his love through the fruits that he's given you. Uh, what I see is like a basket with like fruits in it. And that's provision. That's um, abundance. That's um, God making a way. God giving you what you need. And I, I see the word abundance. So February is definitely a, a, a month of abundance. That whatever it is that you lack in your basket, just ask the Lord and he will fill it. If it's financial um financial lack he will fill it if it is uh you know joy that you need he will fill it if it is uh you know wisdom he will fill it if it's happiness he will fill it you know if you have an insecurities and you need some confidence he will fill it for you so whatever basket you have uh and what i see is like uh you know those uh basket those brown basket those like olden brown baskets that uh they put like stuff in uh, whatever it is that you need, that your basket is empty, okay? God knows how to fill your basket. He says that in his word, that God will supply all of, you, all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not just some needs, but all of it. All of your needs, whatever need you have, God knows how to fill it. So let him fill it. 
Let him fill your cup. Let him fill your basket. Let him fill you, okay? So right now, just let, let, let's just go into prayer. God, I just thank you for this day that you've given each and every one of your children. You woke them up today. They did not wake themselves up. So if you woke them up today, God, you have a purpose for them. Their, their days are not shortened. Your days are elongated. You have given them great things to do, uh, great things they will do, God. Abundance you will give them. So I just pray right now. The Lord, every person that's listening, anything that they are lacking, even those that uh, desire to hear you, God, your words, so that your sheep knows your voice, and a stranger they do not listen to. So some of them, God, they want to hear you. They know that you speak to people, you speak to pastors, you speak to, um, you know, their leaders. They want to have a desire to hear you. They want that friendship with you, just as you had friendship with Abraham and even Daniel, God, just as you had friendship with Jacob and even David, Father. They want to have that friendship with you. So God, I even pray that lord you will fill that basket god they're, they're desiring to to be able to hear you so so tune your ear gates lord tune your ear gates right now and i even pray for those that are in sorrow and, and in heartbroken and, and even resentment there are people that desire joy god there are people that desire happiness god they just have been through so much sorrow sorrow after sorrow things after things they're just going through the the the, the, the turns and and the waves god but you are the god that can speak to the mountains you are the god lord that can speak to the valleys you are the god father that can say to the the, the storm peace be still so god i pray even now over your heart i pray that lord they will put on the the breastplate of righteousness and even put on the shield of faith to cleanse every fiery darts of the enemy that is sent to attack their mindset that is sent to that is sent to that is sent to this destroy their viewpoint god even their, their eyesight and so i pray the lord you even send communities around these ones lord that need to feel your love and your joy god the cheerfulness that they need you said that lord um um, sorrow and, and, and heartache and pain, God, dry up the bones. But Lord, your word says that joy, Father, gives life. Joy gives life. So I just pray right now that the joy of the Lord will be their strength in this moment, that they will look to you, God, as, as, a, as a source of joy. Yes, they will look to you as a source of joy, not to people, not to, people, not to things, not to positions, not to, 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 to environments, even not to what they have, even not to themselves, God. But they will look to you as a source of joy because you are joy. You are love. You are peace. You are comfort. You are everything that we need in one. And so, God, I even pray that, Lord, they will have joy in in this in, in this moment god that they will have joy in the ministries that you place them that you will surround them with people that will see them with the eyes of christ lord and so i pray even now for every self-condemnation that they have accepted into their heart that they will dismantle it that they will eradicate it that they will reject it that they will not um, live their life by what people say or said about them but god they will live their life by what you say about them by who you call them to be they are warriors they are mountain movers they are they are daughters and sons of yours lord so i thank you that you have not rejected them as men have rejected them so i even pray right now that they will remember their sonship that they are seated in heavenly places with you christ jesus that they are mounted up with wings as eagles they will mount up and they will soar higher than their enemy father and so i pray that you 
Now, Lord, you will give them a heart to bless those that persecute them. Give them a heart to bless those that lie on them. Give them a heart, God, to bless those that gossip about them, God. Give them a heart, a fresh heart of love, Lord, that they will be able to embrace your love, God, and even receive your love so they can go out and give to those that need it the most. I pray that, Lord, those that are... Um, in a, in a crossroad to make decisions. I ask the Lord, they will, uh, they will increase in wisdom and even in advancement, God, to be able to step into the position, into the places that you call them to step into. I ask that, Lord, you remove every spirit of fear because you have not given them the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so I, I pray the Lord, they will put on the helmet of salvation, uh, God, that will guard their minds from all things that are not of you. As they set their eyes and their mind on you, they will sit that they will be steadfast, unmovable, God. They will be able to conquer all that you call them to conquer, God. They will resist the enemy and turn to you, Father. They will turn to you, resist the enemy, and the enemy will flee from them. Oh, God, your words is that, Lord. The enemy comes one way, but they will flee multiple ways. So I thank you for the fleeing of the enemies that have come around them that is about to leave now in Jesus' name. God, as I come to you and I pray and I worship and even uh, teach your word, I, I just submit myself to you. I pray that, Lord, you will use me as your vessel, as your instrument in this moment. I am what you call me to be, a woman of God, Lord. And I thank you for what it is that you pour into me, the revelation that you're giving me to give to your people. I, I submit myself humbly to you, God, that you will speak through me. I submit my tongue to you, my, my voice, God. I submit my ear gates, my eye gates, God, all my senses, Father, to you, that you will have glory. You will you will have dominion over it, God. And I apply the blood of Jesus over this time and over myself and over those that are listening, that, Lord, your anointing will be upon us, God, as we listen to your word, your word that is rhema, your word that, that gives life, your word that restores, your word that redeems, Lord, your word that is everlasting, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the sword of the Lord that is a two-edged sword that can pierce through bone and marrow it can pierce through things that are not of you god and even things that you have called for your people to do to give them increase lord so i pray there is an increase in the realm of the spirit for those that listen to your word god those that hear your word father so as i teach lord give me revelation give me insight foresight give me what i need to be able to speak your word i open my eyes to you my ear gates and my mind to you god i soak myself in the blood of jesus christ and i bind every spirit as one of you every distraction of the enemy i condemn it i dismantle it now in jesus name and i ask for your angelic assistance even now in the name of jesus christ we do pray amen
right, so that song was Israel Hutton. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. You are here to worship the Lord. The word of the Lord says in John 4, the woman at the well is, you know, God, God is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth means that you are literally humble before him. You have, you don't care what people say. You don't, you don't care what people think. You don't care how people look at you when you worship the Lord. Like how David danced. David danced until his cloak came off, right? So David is a worshiper. He's an instrument, right, for the Lord to use. And so when you're a worshiper, you don't care who's around. You you bow down. You lift up your hands. You 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 lay on the floor. You do what you got to do to let the Lord know that you are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. So I just pray that as you go out and, you know, go to these ministry events and go to church and, you know, um, worship, even worship the Lord in your own quiet place, that you are literally worshiping him from a, a place of in spirit and in truth because god sees the heart you know he sees the heart men sees the outer appearance god sees the heart that's why he 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 came to 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 save the world that's why he came for everybody he says in john three sixteen that for god so loved the world right that he gave his only what his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life it didn't say God so loved the Christians, or it didn't say God so loved the kingdom. Or it didn't say God so loved the church. He said the world. And so because God sees the heart, he sees the heart of the world. He sees the heart. Even though it's deceitful sometimes, he knows that there's a vessel there. He, he sees the flesh, and he sees the vessel. And so... Whenever you, you feel like you're not really pressing into, uh, you know, God and you're not really going into the, the, the next dimension in worship, uh, because there are dimensions in worship, right? There's a, the first heavens, the second heavens, and the third heavens, right? There, there, there is the upper room, right, experience that you have with God. And so when you, you see yourself in the first heavens, which is basically the natural place, the, the, the flesh place, you got to be able to press through the flesh to go to the second heavens and then to the third heavens. You know when you're pressing into worship when you're moving into another level in worship you feel the atmosphere shift you, you even feel a peace in the room and even if you're somebody who is anointed to to be able to use your prophetic senses or to use your your spiritual senses you'll be able to smell a, you know vanilla you smell a sweet perfume you, you smell a perfume you smell something sweet cinnamon some people smell cinnamon you will smell the presence of the lord you will and whenever you're in worship and you smell something sweet it, it, it's showing you that god is in the room you, you feel the the presence of the lord and some people really feel peace all over them the glory of god is there uh so god really want to shift us into a place of glory because a place of glory is where his anointing is because the bible says that what is the anointing that breaks the yoke right and so if you allow the lord to shift you into a place of glory you will be able to see so many dimensions of him that you've ever seen and so i just pray that in this season as you go to church and as you go to the different places that you go to worship the Lord, even in your own, you know, your own home. I, I want you to really ask the Lord, you know, have a heart posture of God. I want to, I want to see your glory. I want, I want to press into your glory. You know, God is literally um, bringing glory back into the world. He's bringing, even in Texas, um, he's bringing glory back into Texas. And, and he's saying even right now, Pennsylvania, he's bringing glory into Pennsylvania and Virginia as well. God want to bring in Massachusetts. I see the word Massachusetts and UK. God wants to bring these in Australia. God wants to bring glory to these places, to these hubs that want to really, uh, you know, command his abode, command his 
his anointing i actually sustain it because glory needs to be sustained i don't know why i'm talking about glory but glory needs to be sustained in order to really ha- live in glory you have to sustain it it's not just uh you know you lifting up your hands it's it's your heart posture it's 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 you really seeing sin and saying no i don't want to be part of it glory people who are glory carriers they are not um they are not um, easily persuaded. They, when they see sin, they don't, they don't care how great it is. You can have the best ministry in the world. You can have, you know, you can have the best company in the world. And people who have glory, when they get to that place, when they become part of that company, when they see that that place is is not a place that God really is is favoring or God really is happy about, they don't care leaving that place. They don't care leaving that place because the Bible says that what uh, what profits a man, right, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul, right? So people who are really sold out for Christ, sold out for God, they will not want to lose your soul. They would rather lose the world than lose their soul. They would rather walk away from certain things than lose their soul. They would rather dis- destroy or even even separate themselves from people or from things and from titles and from places than to lose their soul. So my question to you is, are you losing your soul? Are you really uh, resisting the world and, and holding on to your purity, holding on to your, your righteousness? You know, for me personally, there are many times I've let, I've let, I've left certain jobs, certain relationship, you know, dating certain men, even, um, having relationship, like certain communities, uh, certain friendships. I've left those things because I realized that it's, it's it, when I look at it, I'm like, Lord, there is no fruit here or it's going to poison me because the Bible says that bad company corrupts good judgment, right? And so I, I want to ask you something right now that the people around you, the places, the things, really, really go back and look at everything in your life right now, even the mentorship and the leaders in your life. And really ask yourself, what is the fruit here, it, you know? Uh, you God will give you the eyesight, the foresight, the insight to be able to see where this is going before you even get to where it's going, right? And so really ask the Lord, is this fruit here? Because the Bible says that, you know, the Lord Jesus, when he, when he came to the fig tree, right? When he came to the tree and he saw it, what, what did he do? He gave it a chance for it to bear fruit, but it didn't bear fruit. The fig tree did not bear fruit. And so he cut it down eventually he cut it down not because the fig tree is bad uh, but because he gave it time right he gave it time he gave it time and and time and time so sometimes you have to give certain things time but when you realize that it's not bearing fruit you have to cut it right it says in Luke 13 6 then he told his this parable a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fake tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, um, is that sir? The man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I will dig around it and fertilize it. Many of you are here right now. You're saying you're you're, you're basically um, having a conversation with the Lord concerning something in your life, and say, you know what, God, you know this thing that you call me to do, or this thing that you you tell me to do, or this place that you took you told me to go, or this position, or this job, or this relationship, or that, or this. You know what it is. God is gonna bring you back into your remembrance. 
Uh, and you are telling the Lord, you're basically negotiating with God and telling him, Lord, you know, can I just give it one more year? Can I just give it one more moment? Can I just give it one more day? Can I just give him one more, you know, this? God is the God of second chances. He is. Definitely he is. And this is the place where we see God be a God of second chances, right? And the man said, hey, you know what? Can you just leave me for one more year? I'm going to try and make this work. So what does Jesus say? It says, Luke 39. It says, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. God was basically, you know, talking to, to this man and, and and literally telling the man, you know, I, I've come and this the fig tree is not, it's not bearing fruit. And so he, he negotiated with the Lord Jesus to say, hey, you know what, just give him one more year and see what happens. So some of you, God is giving you one more year to see what happens with that certain thing that you're negotiating with him about or it's not bearing fruit. And some of you, you have had one your one more year and now maybe it might be time to literally cut it down because you know one thing about god is he does give us second chances he gives us three, third chances fourth chances he knows how to do that because there's grace right there's grace and there's mercy but um sometimes <clears throat> it comes to a point where he will literally um cut it down he will cut it down and you say you know what um sometimes he cut it down not because you are not good for it but because the the, the thing is not good for you right uh so you have to realize that that you know just the things that glitter is not always glitter right uh the things that look gold is not always gold um i i remember travis green was preaching one time and he he was talking about how when he was starting up as a worshiper um he would go to these you know big companies big places those people that are you know doing it in the ministry they're like well-known, globally known. They are just good. Like, people know them. And he wanted to connect and, and, and give his gifts and his talents and do all that, you know, God has called him to do. But then it wasn't, it wasn't the place that God wanted him to be. And also, not just that, but he realized that um, even the doors that were shut in front of his face were all momentum, were all part of his journey to go where God was calling him to go. And, you know, some of those doors reopen, some of those doors close. But the thing is that just because it is a, a place that is higher or a place that is well-known doesn't mean that they're actually bearing the fruit that they're supposed to bear. So just as, you know, with this fig tree, you know, something in your life that you were looking at to bear fruit for you and you realize, you know what? It's not bearing fruit. Three years later, it's not bearing fruit. Maybe it's the position that you wanted at your company where you wanted to get that position so that you'll be able to get, you know, uh, a raise or a, a promotion, right? And you realize you've been there for three years. They're not promoting you. You're just like, okay, God, I'm just going to stay here for one more year and they will promote me and there's no promotion, right? But you know, this is that God, promotion comes from God, right? And sometimes people can, God will tell people to promote you. God will tell people to bless you, right? But sometimes um, the heart of people can cause what God wants for you not to happen. But the thing is, God knows how to make it happen a different way. I always tell people, if somebody is supposed to bless you, if somebody is supposed to work with you, or somebody is supposed to do something with you, and the person out of a heart of, of anger or of pain or jealousy or whatever, or even if they're influenced by a demon, is not able to work with you, guess what? God knows how to open another door, okay, for you in that same area. And he knows how to lead you to that place that you need to go, 
Okay, so there's nothing that is new under the sun. There's nothing that God has not predestined or even seen, even foreseen or or knew it was going to happen. So I just want to encourage you that in this season, press into worship, worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and all that you need will be added onto you. And, and also that whatever fig tree it is that you need to cut down or you need to allow the Lord to cut down or uh, you need to cut certain things down, you ask the Lord and literally he will give it to you, all right? And so that's some of the uh, prophetic uh, encouragement that I want to give you today. Um, one thing I want to say is that in this season, we are to really press into and draw into our word the word of god is a powerful powerful word i believe that in this um 2023 the word of god is literally the the thing that you need to like step on and and stay on um i remember last um i was in december as I was praying and, and literally asking the Lord, because I do reels on my my um, my social media every morning, I put some encouragement out there. And so I asked the Lord, how do you want me to change this reel? Like the things that I post on, on my social media to encourage people. And uh, the Lord was like, hey, I want you to add prayer. Because I, I would always only uh, put like Bible verse and a song uh, an encourage, encouraging word, but I never added prayer. So God was talking to me in December, and he's like, I want you to add prayer to your, you know, your encouragement, you know, type up prayer. And then we step into 2023, and everybody is posting prayers. So my thing is this, I want to, I want to encourage you to really go back to the Lord and ask him, what does he want to revamp in your life? Maybe it might be your ministry, your your business, uh, your family, your your friendship. Even maybe you know, as a woman, your boyfriend um, that you're dating. You know, what does he want to revamp? Maybe it might be time for you guys to talk about marriage, right? Um, what does he want you to revamp in your life right now? Go back to the the drawing board and ask the Lord. It could be school, right? It could be. Um, job it could be your 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 yourself right it could be your your yourself who you are as a woman or who you are as a man so really go and ask the Lord what he wants you to revamp in this season
So, and also, there's um, a prayer list that I want us all to really go into. There is, um, I've been posting prayers that we are to focus on um, <clears throat> as a, um, a people, you know, people that praise together, right? So, as led by the Lord, I want you to, and also as led by the Holy Spirit, pray for laundry mats, USPS, schools, daycare, shootings, water supply, Israel, private plane crashes. Uh, police department, uh, the FBI, DEA, uh, you know, drug dealers, praying that God will really um, help them to shift their lives from where they are to where God wants them to be, and that God will lead the police to wherever these drugs are to remove them. Um, and also pray for companies that are illegally manufacturing drugs undercover. Okay, uh, pray for dictators starting another war. Uh, pray against that. Pray for Tony Evans, um, and also if you're somebody who is has a like a scribing anointing, you're called to write. This is a this is a, a season where God is really re- releasing His favor uh, with those that are have a scribing anointing. 
so that you can write and publish, okay? Write and publish. Because the word of the Lord says in Psalms 45, 1, my tongue is a pen of a ready writer, right? I published a book um, beginning of 2023. I published my third book, which is basically a prayer book. I really had to, who Jesus, I had to really pray and, and really press through to write and publish this book. So, if you want to get it, please let me know, and I will ship you one. So, uh, we've been talking about Joseph, right? Joseph, the story of Joseph. Joseph is a key, key, key person in the Word of God. Um, the story of Joseph is a very sad story. It's a very compassionate story. It's a very uh, victorious story. It's a very uh, triumphant story. It's a story where when you read it, whoever you are, whatever season of life that you find yourself, you can relate in some way to Joseph's story. And so we've been talking about Joseph, about all that God is using him to do and the things that he's going through. We first talked about his family, to talk about Jacob. And then we talked about um, his brothers, Joseph's brothers, right? So now, uh, I believe that we stopped at when his brothers saw him coming, and they said, "Who? look at this dreamer. So let's go into it. I want you to take your Bibles, your pens, and your books, and write. Uh, as we're talking, I want you to write down what God tells you, because, you know, like I always say, when I'm preaching and when I'm teaching, it's always my prayer that you will hear God for yourself and what God is saying uh, in the moment. Because, you know, uh, as I'm talking, he's talking as well, right? Um, and so I just want you to press into what God is going to say to you in this moment. Um, Joseph's story is a story that, for me personally, has blessed me. Has blessed me so much. I have, I have learned so much from Joseph's story. And it's not a big book. It's not like, you know, Esther book or... Um, uh, Joshua, the book, you know, um, it's not like a big book. It's a very small part in Genesis. So uh, we left off, I believe, at Genesis 37, I believe 17, when he went to Dothan. Um, no, let's see. Uh, we left off at Genesis 30, 37, 19. Let's, let's look at that. So, then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. So, the title of this is, uh, and then when pit mean, uh, when, hold on. <laughs> so, the title of this, last time I said when, when pain meets pit, right? And I believe this is when uh, pain and, and uh Pit meets purpose. No. So the title of this is when pain meets pit. When jealousy meets pit. Yes. The title is when jealousy meets pit. Okay. When pain and jealousy meets pit. So we all know that Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. Have you ever, have you ever seen somebody who's jealous of you? Like, I remember one time I was, I was talking to this lady and she... You know, when I, I was talking to her, I talked to her for like, and she was basically a stranger that I met. Um, 
and I, I was talking to her after I got prophesied to. And, you know, always be careful who comes and talk to you after you get prophetic word, you know, public prophetic word. When people prophesy on you, when prophets prophesy on you, be careful who comes and talk to you right afterwards. Um, so she came talking to me and I was talking to her. And when she came, I just discerned. I was like, mm. but I was like, you know what, Lord, whatever you want me to say to her, just give it to me. Whatever you want, you know, need to talk to her about, just just give me the words. Just give me what I need to tell her, what I need to say. And majority of the time, she's the one who spoke during the time we were talking. And God was giving me words to give her, encouraging words and words of direction and even like wisdom, you know, and resources that he, she can use to be able to do what God is calling her to do. And so afterwards, I was like, I know there is this, you know, this jealousy there. I don't know what it is I'm, I'm discerning about. It's just jealousy. And then finally she said, oh, I'm so jealous of you. And when she said that, I was like, there it is, right? I was waiting for this. So whenever somebody says, oh, I'm so jealous of you, uh, pay attention to that because uh, honestly, it's an indication of the person's heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so let's see. We know that Joseph's brothers are jealous of him, of him right? It says 20. Well, let's see, 19. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. They nicknamed him dreamer. You know, be careful when somebody nicknames you something that is not you. You know, maybe, oh, you diva. You know, oh, you, um, uh, you know it all, right? It's, it's, not, it's not that they're giving you a name to be funny. They're, that's how they see you. They're, they don't like that you know, like you are smart. So they call you know it all, You're, right? Or you diva because you dress nice, right? So just, just really be discerning and listen. Listen with your spiritual ears. When people talk, don't just don't don't just listen with your with your physical ears because remember, we are spirit beings, right? We're spirit in flesh, right? You are spirit first before your flesh. So that's that's why the Bible says in Romans that those that are led by the Lord are what are the sons of God, right? If you're led by the Spirit, you are a son, because we are spirit first. So you have to listen with your spirit man, right? Of course, Joseph didn't hear them say, "Here comes the dreamer." But, you know, that's what they said, 20. Come, therefore, let us kill, now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. So these were people that literally were dream destroyers. There are people that are dream destroyers. People that, and even some people that will open the door for you and try to destroy you and, and your dreams, okay? Because they're trying to prove a point. You got to be careful because, you know, a lot of people will say, when man opens the door, man can close the door. When God opens the door, man cannot close the door. Only God can, right? So when somebody is saying to you, oh, let's, let's see what becomes of your dreams. They basically didn't like all that he said in Genesis 37 to, Genesis 37, 1 to 11, when he was telling them about, you know, his dreams. They were listening, right? They were listening to him. And then when he came, they were like, you know what? Let's let's just destroy this man. Let's just kill him. Because they thought, you know, if they, they, they kill him, they will kill the dream. But the thing is that you can never kill something that God 
has allowed to happen. You can never kill something that God wants to do in a person's life. You can kill their reputation. You can try and kill their you know, their name. You can try and destroy their name in front of people. You can even try and destroy how people see them, but you can never kill a person. Because the the thing is that the 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 the, the the assignment and the purpose of, of Joseph is like a mantle, okay? Your, your purpose, your, your assignment, your, um, your, your divine alignment, who God has called you to be in this world. Nobody can kill it. It can only, it can only be, be passed on. It's like a mantle. You can't see a mantle, right? Elijah had a mantle that he passed on to Elisha. You can't see it. The only way that a, a, a mantle can leave a person or an assignment can leave a person is if the person abort the assignment or if the person dies. And they try to kill him, yes. They try to, like, kill him physically. They try to murder him. And they have, they have that, that, um, that heart that we see with Cain and Abel, that heart of jealousy. If only they did what God wanted them to do with their own life, they would not see Joseph in a place of a threat. This was, they found, they saw him with an eyes of, he's a threat to them. Have you ever been to like a job where you just, you, you went to the job and people see, oh wow, this person has potential. This person can really like possibly, you know, within a month or two, they can literally take my job, right? There are people, when you go to work, right, work politics, right, when you go to work, there are people that can, they, they can discern, they can tell, okay, this person can come and take their job, and so what do they do, they try, before you even get there, they try to destroy your name, they try to destroy how people see you, so that you not make any friends, so that you don't have people on your side, but the thing is, I want to encourage somebody, God sees all of that, God knows, he knows, he knew before he put you in that place, he knows it, so here you, here you see that they are trying to literally kill this boy. Their own brothers, your own brothers, right? They have a, a, a spirit of murder, a spirit of Saul. Because, you know, Saul was supposed to be our brother, right? Not just Paul, but Saul was also supposed to be our brother. The, today I was asking the Lord, how, God, how did you, how did you love Judas? How did you wash his feet how did you how how were how you kind to your enemies when you knew they're they your enemies he's like i washed judas's feet just as i washed peter's feet just as i watched i washed um you know other other disciples their feet i washed all of them james i washed matthew i washed his feet so we see here that his brothers didn't love him but he was still kind to him he went up to them let's see what happens it says here but reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands and said let us not kill him so we see that reuben god raises up a reuben there will always be a reuben in your mix you got to find who your reuben is there will always be somebody that will say no that's not right somebody that has a conscience somebody that has discipline somebody that has you know a heart a heart posture of the lord somebody that can that somebody that thank you holy spirit somebody that has integrity okay people who are quick to kill you they might not kill you physically but they will kill you with their words kill you with what they say to people 
kill your reputation, kill who you are in front of people, kill, you know, even take opportunities from you, you know, close doors on you. People like that don't have integrity. They don't have integrity with the Lord. They don't have the fear of God in them. Because if you really do, you will be like a Reuben. So Reuben says, you know what? Hey, no, we can't do this. Let us not kill him. Let us not shed any blood. Any blood. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness. And do not lay, hand, do not lay a hand on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. And what God is telling me right now is like when the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. You know, we see that in the word of God, Joseph, Joseph was led to the wilderness by his father. He, his father told him, go and look for your brothers and, and bring word to me. See if it, if it is well with them, right? So he was led, even, even even the man that he met, right? The man that he met when he was wandering around, the certain man that he met, led him, helped him get to his wilderness. This is Joseph's wilderness right here. His wilderness is about to meet him. And we see in the word of God that Jesus had his own wilderness that he had to go through, right? So Reuben raised up and said, you know what? Let, let us not shed blood, but let us put him in this pit that he, and he wanted to go back and rescue him. He had a plan. And I believe that this is, you know, uh, a way that God was showing the brothers how to behave, how to have a heart, how to uh, resist the enemy and turn to God, how to be a, a, a brother, right? Because the word of God says that, you know, six closer than a brother in, in, in tough times. They knew how to be a brother, but they didn't know how to be a friend to Joseph. They knew how to be a brother. If I don't even think they were being a brother here. But they were, you know, biologically brothers. But they didn't even know how to be a friend to Joseph. Because if you are really a friend, you would know. You would know how to feel, right? You would know how to be like, uh, not, not judge Joseph for what it is that God was going to make him to be. If they really look at Joseph with an eyes of Jesus Christ, they will really see where they fit in the puzzle because joseph was one of the pieces of the puzzles and the brothers were still pieces of puzzles that were supposed to join together but because they have an eyes of envy and that's what envy does envy and, and jealousy will literally cloud you to the point where you will not be able to see the people that god wants in your life to be who god wants in your life you will not be able to really uh embrace the people that god wants you to embrace instead you you will gossip about them you will you will you will try to conspire against them right it says here in galatians 5:21 it says but jealousy and envy are soul enemies and scripture warns us against them over and over we are told that jealousy is a fruit of the flesh right jealousy is a fruit of the flesh so we see them moving in their flesh they were literally doing things in the flesh but reuben was not reuben was like let us not do what you guys want to do and I pray that, you know, in this season, you will be a Reuben and you will find your Rubens, right? When you are in the midst of people gossiping, when you're in the midst of people talking, you know, dirty and, and doing all these things, planning, plotting against people, are you a Reuben? Are you the one that will say, wait a minute, let us not do that. Let us be the one to pray. People who I do ministry with, uh, even Bible study with, you know, um, when they are, they're saying something. Oh, you know, we used to have this person and blah, blah, blah. 
I just stopped them. I'm like, you know, you know what? Let's just pray for the person right now. We don't need to know the details. Let's just pray. And so they know me as somebody that says, you know what? Let's pray about it. Let's pray for the person right now. Let's stop everything that we're doing. Let's stop everything that we're talking about and pray for the person. Okay, so Ruben here was literally having a heart of, of redemption. Okay, a heart of redemption. 23. So it came to pass. Mm, okay, Lord. 22. Let's still look at 22. This was a point where God is saying to many of you that he says here that he, may, he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. And many of you, God want to do this for you. God want to deliver you out of the hands of the enemy and bring you back to your father. That the plots of the enemy, God has seen it. And he knows how to raise up a Reuben to, 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 to plan something that will help you be, out, be removed out of the hands of your enemies. So 23. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic that tunic of many colors that was on him so he got there didn't even say hi how are you they're just looking at his gifts they're just looking at what what he has you know many of you probably have a gift of prophecy that people are jealous of or a gift of intercession that people are jealous of or people you know worship Your, your your coat of many colors is not physical it's spiritual you might have a gift of prayer. You might have a gift to, to know how to create, to know how to lead. You might have a gift to know how to even do deliverance, right? Even your, your outer garments, who you are as a person, your character, your beauty. You know, you might be very beautiful. You might be very handsome. And that's, that's a gift God has given you. And people can see that. And when they see that, they, they're not happy. And so they might try to strip it off. They, they literally strip off his tunic of many colors and we know that the tunic that his father made for him is what they strip off because they were jealous of that that was the initial thing that caused them to stop being jealous of him because his father made a statement that he loves this child and so whenever somebody try to attack you the first thing that they attack is one thing that the thing that started their envy the thing that started their jealousy so you might be somebody, right, uh, maybe a pastor that you're listening or somebody that's called into ministry. And you might have somebody just destroy your, your, your name, literally gossip about you, you know, bring out false accusations against you. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. You just here to preach. You just here to prophesy. You just here to pray. You just here to do the kingdom assignment. They're not going to attack your assignment. They're going to attack your name because why? They're going to attack your character. Why? Because they see your character is pure. They see that you have a character that they wish they had. And so that's what they're going to attack first, your character. Because if they attack your character, they can try and hinder your assignment, right? That's what the Lord says that, you know, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. So we see here that, you know, they took off his, his tunic, 24. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So they, they, they strip off his, his tunic. The one thing that they wanted for themselves that they, they did not get. And then they put him in a pit. They put him in a place that was empty. And that's the thing about God. Is that he works with emptiness. He works in a place where there is lack. They didn't know that the place that they were putting him that was empty. That he was the seed 
that that place needed to be. The pit was not a physical thing. The pit was the journey, the process. Okay, they put him in a place of emptiness. I mean, think about it. When you're trying to plant something, you you dig the soil and you make a hole. You make a pit to put that seed in there. And then you cover it up and you water it, right? And so Joseph is a seed. Everywhere Joseph goes, he's a seed to people. When you look at a seed, it looks useless in the beginning. But as you plant it and you water it, it eventually grows. And it becomes a tree planted by the riverside. And it bears fruit. But because Joseph did not come as a tree, as a fruit, they saw him as a seed. And they saw the potential. And they wanted to destroy the potential. But they put him in the place where he, he needed to be in the first place. So wherever the people try to put you, that's where you need to be. Because God knows. If, God, if, you, if you're not supposed to be there... God will not allow them to put you there. God will remove you from there. Right? And so we see that they put him in an empty pit where there's no water. And that's revelation within itself is that you don't need people to give you what you, only God can give you. God was able to give him the water that he needed. And the water is the people that came to take him out of that place, out of that pit, and took him to Egypt where he needed to be. And so here we see that He's in this pit. And I want to ask you, what pit are you in? You are probably in a pit right now. Maybe some of you might be in a pit of people, you know, um, disqualifying you. You might be in a pit. People put you in a pit of disgrace, uh, false accusation, in a pit of um, judgment, discrimination. You might be in a pit in your marriage. Financial issues can be a pit. Health issues can be a pit. What pit are you in? And I want you to know that you are the seed in that pit. You are the, the key in that pit. You are the, the important thing in that pit. That pit, pit was empty. Any place that's empty, God can do great things with it. So wherever it is that you've been placed that is empty, know that you are there to be a, a, a purpose for that place that is empty. Okay, and what God is showing me is like a room that's empty. And you are in that room. In an empty room, and you step into that room, what's more valuable in that room? You are more valuable in that room. If there is an empty room and there is darkness in that room, and you shine the light in that room, what's more valuable in that room? The light that is shined. So you are the light in that room. Um, in the word of God, in Matthew 5, 14, you are... The light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Right? They try to hide him, but he cannot be hidden. Joseph cannot be hidden. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot be hidden. They're planting you. There was no water in there. There was no water in that pit. Because out of your belly will flow what? Rivers of living water. The water you need is in you. Water was in Joseph. Water, Whatever, whatever Joseph needed in that pit, he had it. The Bible says that what man shall not live by bread alone, but what man shall not man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. So he had water, he had food. Twenty five, and they sat down to eat a meal. I mean, think about it this way: they put they strip off his tunic, 
They put him in the pit and they eat. Your enemies eat when you are suffering. Anybody that enjoys their life when they know you're suffering is not for you. Anybody that knows that you're struggling, that, that, that actually try and destroy your life and afterwards they, they just enjoy their life, it's not, it's not somebody that is for you. They, they did horrible things to this man. And they, they went and sat down and ate. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their, with their camels, bearing spices, palm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. They ate. They had a good time. They did not give him anything to eat. They just ignored him. They rejected him. And they enjoyed themselves. And I want to tell somebody right now, you have been put in a pit by people. Whatever pit, whatever pit it is, you know what it is. You know what it is. And you see them enjoying themselves. Oh, they are enjoying themselves. They are having a good time. They are, people are loving them. Everybody's enjoying them. Everybody's just celebrating them. And you are in your pit. And what God is telling me right now, there's somebody... Um, you're at your job, and, and there's somebody that is just doing crazy things against you. You know, they're gossiping about you. They're trying to destroy your name. They're placing false accusations on you. You know, they're trying to discredit you. They're doing a lot, causing a lot of people to see you in a light that is not of God, even that's not who you are. And everybody is just loving on them. They're just, they're literally playing their field. They're playing their game. They're manip manipulating, they're conspiring, they're just doing all this. And you're just sitting there looking at, looking at all of it. And nobody sees it but, but you. And maybe a couple people who cannot say anything. But guess what? God sees it. God sees it. Even if nobody sees it, God sees it. And you see them just winning. You're like, wow. You're just so wicked. But you're just thriving. But I want to tell you this. It's not going to last. It's, they're going to be exposed. It's not going to last. They're going to be exposed. God is going to get the glory. You just be quiet and let God fight for you. You see them eating. You see them laughing. You see them just enjoying themselves. But there's going to be Ishmaelites that are going to come. Okay? They're going to be Ishmaelites that are going to come. So here it goes. It says what? So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Another, another Reuben has been lifted up. Another person who has conscience, right? Food can do something to you. I think that it was very uh, like God for them to eat. Because <laughs> when you're eating, you can really process some things. Actually, as, as they were eating, their flesh was being fed, right? And so their, their, their flesh was being fed. And so they, some of them were probably getting satisfied in their flesh. So they weren't really um, having that mentality anymore. So Judah here you know, rises up and say, hey, you know what? What profit us, really, if we do this, if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not, let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. You know, God will raise up a Reuben to put you in, to help deliver you from the hands of murder. 
And then he will raise up a Judah to help deliver you from the hands of the pit. Right? So you got to ask the Lord, who is my Reuben and who is my Judah in this moment? Who is it? Right? Joseph was there sitting, sitting in this pit, listening to them, hearing them. I mean, I want you to really put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You're, you're stripped off your tunic. You, you come to your brother, brothers looking for them. You, you, you know, and you're, you're coming toward them and they literally just jump you and then put you in a pit and then they eat, laugh and enjoy themselves. And you think they're going to, you know, take you from the pit. No, they're going to sell you. So here it goes. Then Midianites, traitors, passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. They sold Jesus for 30 shekels of silver. Judas sold Jesus for 30 shekels of silver. It is always the people around you that the enemy will use. Never think it's the people far away, the strangers. No, it's the people around you. The people that you meet in a few minutes, a few, even a week. It's the people around you that the enemy will come in and use. Judas was used by the enemy. Judas was close to Jesus. It's the people around you. The enemy always uses your family first, your friends first. The people that you date, okay? The people that you're, you're in ministry with to come against you. But it, it is a test of how you handle it. It's how you handle it that is the importance. It's not what happened to you. It's how you handle what happens to you. So we see here that they sold him. And, you know, in the Bible, many preachers have said that the Ishmaelites were actually cousins to Joseph. So he was sold within his own family. Some of you, you're not sold, you know, by money-wise, you know. Some people would will, will, will disgrace you or, or talk about you or try and... Um, manipulate and try and gossip and put false labels on you and and even steal your work and even steal your your um your ideas to get ahead to get looked at as better than you some of you might be at a job and you know even your own boss could do all those things could put you in a pit so that they look like they know what you're doing and when you call them, call them off their bluff, then they have an issue with you because they cannot look like they don't know what you're doing in front of everybody or they cannot look like they lied or they cannot look like they, they did something wrong, right? That's pride. That's Leviathan, right? And so we see here that they sold uh, Joseph. Then Reuben returned. So Reuben left, right? Reuben left after they put him in a pit. He was, you know, he left. And then as he left, God rose up Judah to, to be the, the mouthpiece, to say, hey, let, let, let us not do that. 
So even if your Reuben leaves, God knows how to still raise up another type of a Reuben, right? So Reuben returned to the pit. And indeed, Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes. And at that time, when people tore their clothes, it was out of like sorrow and anguish. Like how Job tore his clothes when he found out that, you know, all his animals and his, his, his family and all of that, his children died and all of that. So it's, it's a symbolism of anguish and, and sorrow and sadness. So he came in trying to rescue, but then he didn't see him. And that's like how Jesus, right? When um, Jesus was crucified. And he was put in the the the, um, the cave. He was put in the grave, right? And they came to see where he was. They, they did not see him. They could not find him. He, he was not there. On the third day, he rose up, right? They could not find him. They were sorrowful. Like, oh my gosh, we put the body, we put the body here. Where is the body? And he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. This is so prophetic and so um, <laughs> connected to Jesus Christ. Exactly where, you know, they came, they didn't see Jesus in, in, the, in the cave where they put him in the grave, they didn't see him. And we see here that they say, you know what? We're just going to cut a goat and dip the tunic in the blood and just pretend that he, he, you know, that he got killed by an animal. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And that's the thing about people who conspire against you. They will craft up things to make their point. They will craft up things to hide their point. Not only did they strip him, put him in a pit, sell him, they really prove, they try to prove their point. They try to prove their point like, hey, we, you know, we killed your son, but we're not going to tell you we killed him, but we're going to let you know that he died. They, they went all the way. They went all the way with their plan. They went all the way with what they wanted to do to Joseph, to completely remove him from the house, to completely remove him from their lives, to completely remove him from the place that he was. Not knowing that because they removed him from that place, they actually propelled him to where he was supposed to be. They literally came up with lies. They lied and said, oh, look. And the funny thing is they said, do you know whether this is your son's tunic or not? Like, I see if they don't know. <laughs> your eyes have been on the prize of the tunic all this time. You now pretending you don't know that you know that this tunic belongs to Joseph? And that's the thing about people what, that when, when they do something against you, they have amnesia. They, they pretend, oh, wait, what? Oh, your na- is that your name? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even know your name. Oh, oh, wait, what? Oh, you can sing? I didn't even know you can sing. Oh, oh, wait, what? You can preach? I didn't even know you can preach. I didn't even know you can pray. I didn't even 
know you are you have an entrepreneur anointing. I even know you are a hard worker. Oh what? Really? That's how people are. That when they actually go along with what the enemy is prompted them to do, they will go to lengths to cover themselves. And they were covering themselves. And many of you, maybe, you know, your boss took your idea or your boss did something or somebody in your job did something against you. And they lied on you. And they, and they keep lying and keep lying and keep lying. It, maybe it might be in ministry. They keep lying so that they prove their point. They want to prove their point. And so they do all these things to prove their point. Didn't I, see, didn't I tell you? See, didn't I, you know? And everybody believed them because people have yet to meet that person. Because that person have, have never exposed themselves to them in that way. Because that, that person was never there until that spirit came in that person. Right? And so whenever somebody is, is conspiring against you, trying to discredit you and all of that, people don't believe your, your side because they have known that person. And so they, they're going off of what they have seen. But they don't know that there's a spirit in that person that has come to destroy the Joseph. So the, the fathers, the father never, even Jacob or Israel, never thought to himself, my kids could be lying. He didn't discern. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go into prayer to seek the Lord like, God, is, is this true? Is, 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 is my children really telling me the truth about Joseph? He just believed it because he knew his children because he, he's lived with them. And he, he, he never, never thought in his mind that they would actually try and kill him. And so my question to you is, the people around you, do you really know them? The people that you've known for many years, do you really know them for real, for real? Because it's important to discern. Especially even for me, for me personally, I always give people room, especially when in ministry. Because in ministry, people talk about people so much. And I've, what I've learned in ministry is that you gotta, you got to get to know people for yourself. You have to. Because if you don't, you get polluted by what people say about people. Some people might meet people a few minutes or a few days, and they, they just form a whole scenario about the person, not even giving them a chance to get to know them. So one thing about me, I have, I, there, have been, there have been times where I've allowed people to, 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 um, to basically distort my, my focus on somebody or how I see somebody by what they tell me. But I remember the Lord telling me one time to, to get to know people for myself, to really get to know people for myself. And I, as I did that, I realized that the person wasn't that way. Maybe they experienced that person in a certain way that they might not have really had an open heart to really see the whole entire person. They just saw a little glimpse and then they, they, they just ran with it. So my question to you is that, you know, when somebody comes to you and say, oh, look, is this your son's tunic? Do you really, are you seeing past the manipulation? Are you seeing past the seduction of, of lies? Are you seeing past the theft? Are you seeing past what it is that you're presenting to your face? 33, and he, rec he, rec he recognized it and said, 
and he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. They didn't say that a beast killed him. They just presented him with the idea. And he took the bait. This is like the, the snake in the garden. They just lured him to the idea of, oh, wait, is this? It could have been that Joseph, you know, killed a goat or a beast, right? And he got blood on his, on his outfit. But no, he went to conclusion. He just went to it. He said, you know what? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, he, he was looking at it from a, 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 heart, a heart of a father, right? He was looking at it as, you know, a father's concern. Because if, if a mother sees their child, um, something, something that belongs to their child, and they see blood on it, immediately, immediately they're going to be like, oh, wait, no, 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 my child is hurt, right? So I, I can see why Jacob was at, you know, said, that, said what he said. But we can learn from here that, you know, we cannot jump into conclusion by what people present to us. We have to really, you know, uh, seek the Lord and ask God, what are you saying? He let his heart lead him. He let his own thoughts lead him. That's how it says that lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Because, because if Jacob really took time to pray and say, you know what? I see this, what you're showing me. Let me pray about this or let me, you know, let me be in anguish, right? Oh my gosh, this is what could possibly happen. But let me go pray and ask the Lord, what, where is Joseph? What is really happening? I don't think that jo Jacob prayed here. It says, it says here 37, 34. Then Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth. He put sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. He mourned for many days. All those days he, he was mourning, he could have took time to, to pray and really seek the Lord. Because if he did pray, God would have given him comfort. I remember there was a, a preacher one time, and she's a very well-known preacher, uh, Apostle Medina Pullins. She was preaching. She was, she was talking about how one time she was at home and she couldn't find her daughter. And so she was in anguish. She was like, oh, my gosh, she couldn't find her daughter in the house. And she was just, like, panicking as a parent would, right? Just as, jo just as Jacob was panicking here. And then she was telling her, her other sons, go look for her daughter. Like, go, go and search where she is. And, you know, when you are somebody who is a well-known preacher, uh, you, you do get people that could kidnap your, your kids or do something against them, right? So she was, of, of course, panicking. And then the Holy Spirit, and then she took, she, she just paused. And then she, she started to say, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And then she said, as she said that, the Lord said, be calm. Your daughter is safe. I know where she is. It's okay. And so she had to center herself into the Lord. And instead, remove herself from the, the place of panic, the place of chaos, the place of, of worry. And really center herself. In the Lord and say, okay, God. And God gave her comfort and peace in that midst. In that moment, God gave her comfort and said, hey, I know where your daughter is. Come down, come down, come down. And she literally said she just had peace. And after a few minutes, the Lord showed her where her daughter was. So right now, you might be somebody in Jacob's shoes. You have, you have, you have been presented with something that could show that you, you, you lost something or you lost somebody or you lost a thing or you something is 
lost. Something is, is missing. And that has caused you to be in anguish. And you are sorrow in soul, right? Sorrowful. You are worrying. You are in anguish. My advice to you is to center yourself in the Lord and just say, Lord, what do I do? Right? Of course, he was mourning. But he never centered himself. And what God re- reminded me right now is when I remember, I remember one time, you know, I wear glasses. So I remember one time I was wearing my glasses and I couldn't find my glasses. Uh, and I had to go to work. And I, I could be late if I didn't find my glasses. And so I remember I was just in anguish. I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to find my glasses. I need to find my glasses. I'm going to be late to work. And I was literally like going everywhere in my, in my room looking for it. And I remember I spent like literally 10 minutes, wasted 10 minutes trying to find his glasses. And then all of a sudden I, I said it out of my mouth, Lord, help me find my glasses. And so I just went on my knees and I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm running late. I need to find my glasses. Please help me find my glasses. And immediately he gave me a vision of where my glasses was. It was under my bed. All this time I wasted within a few seconds. God led me to my glasses. And so I want to tell you, whatever it is that you're trying to find out or figure out in your own might, God is telling you, just pause. Just pause. It's okay to cry and mourn. Just pause and ask him, God, what are you doing? God, show me where this is. Lead me to it. Give me reassurance. Give me what you need me to have. Tell me where it is tell me where to find it how to find it when to find it and he will and all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him but he refused to be comforted and he said for i shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning says his father wept for him the people that caused him the sorrow is the same people that is trying to comfort him Isn't that so demonic? His sons who knew what they did to his father. All these years, all these times. Every day he was mourning. Every day he was crying. Every day he was sad. Every day he had a a sorrowful mourning face on. And the same people around him were the same people that was causing him that anguish. They could have literally said, oh, wait, hold on. You have been crying for all this time, all these years. And we, we just want to tell you, we are the one, we know where Joseph is. We are sorry. We know. That's the thing about jealousy. Jealousy will look and see you be in anguish. Jealousy will look and see other people be in anguish and still go along with the plan that they set in your heart and still do what it is that they wanted to do all along. They will see you be sad. They will see you be anguish. They will see you be sorrowful. They will see you be hated on by everybody. But they will never open their mouth and say, wait, I was wrong. I spoke wrongly. I falsely accused this person. I falsely said this. I falsely took their credit. I falsely took their job. I falsely took their assignment. I falsely, you know, did this. They would never fuss up. They will look and see you be destroyed. 36. Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and captain of the guard. But the thing is, even if all of this happens, 
God has a plan. God has a plan for you to meet your Pharaoh. God, God has a plan for you to meet your Potiphar. So Joseph was sold to Potiphar. It's not by happenstance that Joseph met Potiphar. It was divinely assigned, divinely created for God to lead Joseph to Potiphar. So ask God, who is your Potiphar in this season? Who is your Potiphar in this season? And he will show it to you.
right, so this ends for um, Genesis 37 teaching. And we're going to go into Genesis 39 next. I'm going to skip Genesis 38 because Genesis 38 is not about Joseph, as we're talking about Joseph. So I'm just going to skip that, and then we're going to go into uh, Genesis 39. We're going to talk about Joseph, a slave in Egypt, okay? Uh, so in this moment of teaching about Joseph, um, I want you to find out where you are um, in Joseph's life, where God has you. Some of you might be in a pit, you know? And I want to just encourage you that the pit is not the destination. The pit is the process. The pit is where you really get to be with yourself, get to be with God. The pit is where you get to see everything that has happened from the eyes of God. The pit is where you really get to reevaluate, um, see what you did right, what you did wrong, what they did right, what they did wrong. The pit is where you really get to know God get to know that you really don't need anybody, but you need God. The pit is where you get to be with yourself. Um, and the pit will expose to you the people that hate you, the people that want don't want to see you prosper. The pit is a, um, a symbolism of who is for you and who is against you. Because those that really care about you will want to see you come out of the pit. Like Reuben and Judah, uh, and those that want to see you in the pit would be the ones that throw you into the pit. And so, whenever you are in your difficulties, um, really see who comes around you. You know, when you are in a place where things are not going all great, the people that help you, the people that come around you, are your destiny helpers. Those are your Reuben, those are your Judah, okay? And those that stop talking to you, they don't even check on you, they don't even say anything to you, those are the ones that you need to stay away from because, you know, within it, the thing is this, when you make it, when you get to the palace, when you get to the your assignment, those that were in the pit, those that uh, put you in the pit, excuse me, will come around. And we see Joseph's brothers come around him in, in the palace. That you will still see them. Does that put you in a pit? You will see them on the mountaintop. Okay? You will see them. Because the Bible says that what? He, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You need a pit. You need enemies for the table to, to be, be prepared. He doesn't prepare a table before your, your friends and your, the ones that love you. No. It's in front of the enemies. So if you have enemies, it's okay. Table is coming. It's okay. The most saddest thing is to see everyone around you doing the worst to you. And you're like, are you kidding me? Lord, do you see this? Like, do you see what's happening here? Trust me, he sees it. You know, the Lord was silent. The Lord wasn't you know, all the way silent, but he was silent. He could have literally caused all the brothers to just fall down and die, but he was using them. Oh, yes, he was using them. Even the ones that put him in a pit, the one that stripped off his clothes, he was using them. He was using Reuben to teach the brothers how to love. 
but they did not see it because their heart was so filled with bitterness and jealousy. They couldn't, and envy, they couldn't see it. And that's the thing about envy. It rots the bones. It literally causes you not to see people how God sees them. That's why I always say that, you know, if you're somebody in leadership, in ministry, you've got to always pray over your ear gates and your eye gates. Because if you're not, you will literally overlook your helpers and your Josephs and those that God has in your Davids, the Lord says, even your Joshua's and your Caleb's, your Caleb's as well. You gotta always let the Lord clean your cup, your cup, your eyes, your ears, your heart. Because if you don't, you'll miss out. Joseph was a prize. Joseph was a blessing for them. But they didn't see it. And so they led him to Egypt. God used his enemies to lead him to the place that he wanted him to be. That's the thing. God will use your enemies to lead you where you need to be. He will. He will always lead your enemies to where you need to be. I'll, just, I'll share this, this moment with you guys. Then I'm going to end. I was working at a company and I, I was there for many years. I got to this job. I was doing really good. I was working hard. I was doing really, really well. I was actually doing better than people there. The boss, the, 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 the leader, the leader of the leaders emailed me and like was very proud of me and CC'd my managers. And I discerned my managers were not happy. They were envious. They had jealousy in your heart. And so it came to a point where it was a contract job. It came to a point where I had to, they had to you know, let some people go because it was a contract job. They could keep me or they could let me go. But I was so good at my job, it, w- it made sense to keep me. Because they were jealous, they didn't want to keep me. And so they talked to somebody else. Uh, and then an- another manager hired me to be part of their, um, their department. See, the thing is that the jealousy in your heart, God used it to propel me to the next level. And the next level was that the job that I had, I got more pay. I was able to publish scientific articles, really make more impact in the industry of medicine that I ever had if I was at the other job. You see, the enemy comes with all devices to discredit you, to put you in, in places, to put false things over you and all of that. But the thing is this, God, God knows how to propel you. He will use the same people that conspire against you to put you where he needs you to be. We see that with Jesus. Jesus came as a teacher the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they saw him. They saw him preach and do miracles, signs and wonders. Nicodemus saw it. Nicodemus had a heart of, I want to be with him, but I don't want to be judged by y'all. So he missed out. 
And so what do we see? We see that Jesus still did what he had to do. They, they conspired against him. And the people within his own ministry, Judas was the one that sold him for 30 shekels of silver. And God allowed all the things that they said about him, all the places that they took him, all the things in it, the arrest. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter cut off the ears of the soldier, what did Jesus do? He said, no, I'm going to put it back. He put the ears back. That was revelation of restoration of our ears, of God saying, you have heard these Pharisees and Sadducees all these years of these false doctrines, of these false things that they've been teaching you. But I'm going to give you new ears to hear me because my sheep hears my voice. He was showing them my sheep will hear my voice. Before he went on the cross, he was, hey, hey, listen, you've been hearing these Pharisees and Sadducees, but it's a time coming where you're going to hear me, my voice, my words. And so he went on the cross. He didn't deserve it, but God allowed it to happen for our sake. So whatever it is that you are going through, God is going to use your enemies to repel you. I have published so many scientific articles and done so many great things in medicine because the people that I first encountered in medicine because of their jealous hearts, they actually caused me to miss something that actually God wanted me to inherit more. So God used them to shift me. And when they saw me, they felt disgraceful. Because when they saw me at these scientific you know, conferences, publishing articles of articles, Doing great things in ministry, in 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 uh, in medicine, they were ashamed. I remember I went to a um, a conference, a medical conference in Colorado, and I saw the doctor. I saw the doctor there, the first doctor that I I worked with. I saw him, and then I went over and I said hi to him. The Lord said, I want you to go over and say hi to him. I got my little pizza, and I sat down, and he was sitting across, you know, in the same restaurant, and I ate my food. And you could, you could tell in his heart, in his face, he regretted letting me go. All because these people did not want to see me get to where God wanted me to go. But they saw me. God allowed them to see me be at the place that they didn't want to see me be at. God allowed them to see me be where they didn't want to see me be. He used them to get me to where I was supposed to be. And they saw me. They saw me be where God wanted me to be. They couldn't stop it. They wanted to stop it, but they couldn't stop it. So I'm telling you right now. Whatever you think somebody is trying to stop, they, they've not stopped it. They just propelled you forward. They just moved you forward. They sold Joseph into slavery. And next week, we're going to learn about what Joseph has to endure because every place that Joseph went, 
there was a lesson that he had to learn. And so I want you to read, read again uh, Genesis 30, 37. Uh, Reread it. There's lessons in there that God wants you to learn. And so when we get back, we're going to read Genesis 39. We're going to learn lessons that Joseph learned as a slave. Joseph did not want to go to Egypt, but the Lord led him to Egypt. So some of you, you are in a place right now. You don't want to be there. You might be at a church. You don't want to be there because you see all the, you know, the, the things that people are doing. And, and, you know, you see how people are behaving and what they are doing against you and what they are saying and how they are treating you and all of that. Even maybe at, at a job or even at a community or even at a, at a city or wherever you are. You see it all. You don't want to be there. But you can't leave until God says it's time to leave. This is how God said it was time for Joseph to leave what he, was, he, he knew. He, he, he moved him out by, by selling him, you know, as a slave. Unlike Joseph, um, Joseph, you know, unlike Joseph, Jesus, you know, the Lord told Abraham to leave his father and mother's house. Right? Even with... Um, Ruth and Naomi, they left, right, on their own accord. They didn't go, they didn't leave in a, at a way that was, you know, um, painful. But sometimes God will use pain to, to cause you to meet your palace, right, your purpose. And so it's okay. It's okay. Uh, know that it's okay. God sees everything. God knows what is happening. He's not blind. He knew it before it happened. He knew it before you even got there okay so press through seek the lord put on your full armor of god and keep on doing what god is calling you to do okay no eyes have seen no ears have heard what god has in store for you love you so much thank you for listening to devoted with bernice have a blessed day
Every fall.